Hi, this is Father Bill W., and I want to welcome you to the podcast. Uh, I'm an Episcopal priest in long-term recovery, living here in Austin, Texas. I hope you've found these podcasts to be of interest and that they're helping you uh, in your own 12-step recovery process. I'd encourage you to uh, follow me on Facebook. You can find me under Father Bill W., and also, probably even more importantly, I'd encourage you to visit our website at twowayprayer.org and learn how to do this process if you're not already familiar with it. And finally, I'd ask you to do me a big favor and um, tell a friend uh, about these podcasts and about the website. Uh, We want to get the word out into the recovery community about two-way prayer and get more and more people doing the practice. Love to hear from you. Uh, You can write me at uh, twowayprayer.org at gmail.com, and I will get back to you just as soon as possible. Uh, Before we get started with uh, this episode, I wanted to share something that one of our Two-Way Prayer listeners had sent me. It's Bill Wilson uh, in one of his writings. It was a letter from 1966 uh, where he was encouraging the practice of Two-Way Prayer when this individual was confronted with making a decision. And I just get real excited about this because, um, you know, so many people uh, have never heard of two-way prayer in 12-step recovery, and some of them say, well, it's just not part of the of the program. Well, it's not, but it certainly was part of the uh, program that was actively used by those in the Oxford group by the first 100, and Wilson and Dr. Bob continued using it but they never really promoted it. So uh, anyway, here is, here is the, uh, the section of the letter <clears throat> that Wilson writes. He says, not all large decisions can be well made by simply listing the pros and cons of a given situation, helpful and necessary as this process is. We cannot always depend on what seems to us to be logical. When there is doubt about our logic, we wait upon God and listen for the voice of intuition. If in meditation that voice is persistent enough, we may well gain sufficient confidence to act upon that rather than upon logic. If after an exercise of these two disciplines we are still uncertain, then we should ask for further guidance and when possible, defer important decisions for a time. Um, By then, with more knowledge of our situation, logic and intuition may well agree upon a right course. But if the decision must be now, let us not evade it through fear, right or wrong. We can always profit from the experience. So there you have it. It's it's a uh, classic doing two-way prayer, asking God for guidance, and then, as the Oxford Group people insisted, that you not just meditate on these things, but you write down the thoughts that come. So anyway, uh, I found that interesting and and hope you did as well. This particular episode, uh, I want to share uh, some of my experiences and opinions regarding two-way prayer meetings. In other words, how to do, organize uh, a a meeting 
around this 11th step process. And um, I'm going to give you some opinions on this, going to share from my experiences some of the mistakes I've made along the line and some of the things that have been successful as well. So there's, you know, there's no absolutely right way or wrong way to do this, but I think the, there are some things that, that I'm going to offer you for your consideration and hope that they are helpful. And even if you're not starting a meeting, uh, I hope this episode will will still give you some material about the two-way prayer process that'll help you to understand it a little bit better. So uh, here we go. Uh, one of the first things I would recommend is do this practice by yourself for some period of time. Now, I'm not going to say how long that period of time is. It, it might be several months. It might be a couple of years. But do it individually. Become familiar with it. Um, don't just start a group and we're going to get six people. Uh, well, that's my opinion. <laughs> I guess you can, you're free to go ahead and do that if you like. But I think it, it kind of makes for a little bit of chaos. Whereas if, if one individual there has some really solid experience of doing the two-way prayer and can kind of keep the group on track, I think you're more likely to be successful. And after you've done it for a while, I would encourage you to share that uh, your writings with a prayer partner and have, have that experience. So uh, we did a whole episode on this, Prayer Partners. Uh, you, you can look it up uh, where you get your podcasts. And you can also go to the website, the Two-Way Prayer website. Look under sharing, and there are guidelines for sharing with a, with a prayer partner. And that really gives you a very intimate, helpful way to get going. And once you've done that, and then perhaps you've taught maybe three or four people the process, or people are starting to come to you and say, well, I want to learn this process too. I think that then is the time to think about uh, organizing a group. And so the first thing I, I would encourage you to do is pray about that. Uh, go to your two-way prayer and say, Lord, I'm, um, I'm feeling guided to start a meeting. Can you give me some guidance on, on how to get going with this thing? And uh, do that for a few weeks. See, see what thoughts come up into your mind. Record them. Look backs. Check them out. Which are the ones that look like they're from God and which are the ones that look like they may be creeping in from your own ego? Uh, keep, keep it simple. I would suggest starting this, and this is what we did here in Austin, start the, your meeting in one person's home. Um, a guy offer, offered us his house. There were several of us who were interested in doing the process. We met there for a better part of a year, and, and it kind of launched us in a simple way, didn't have to pay rent, didn't have to do, uh, you know, uh, collections or any of that sort of stuff. Uh, real simple. If for one reason or another, the group couldn't meet that night, uh, we would just email and say, you know, the group has to cancel tonight and um, let it go. So I think that's a, a really uh, smart way to uh, get your feet wet with this thing. Um, and um, Let's see. Um, then I think, uh, or, well, one other way, I just want to mention this, is, you know, you, you can do a, a weekly group phone call. 
teleconferencing. Those things are free. Uh, you can start a meeting. And if let's say you got four or five individuals in your, in your community who want to do that, um, just set up a, a day, a time, get a number and, uh, and have them phone in. And then uh, you go around the group and, and we'll, we'll give you kind of a sample uh, meeting format a little later on in this episode. But that's a great way to do it as well. And very simple, easy to get started. Uh, you're trying it out. It's an experiment. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, then go on and do something else. But th- 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 those are two simple, simple ways to get started. If you want to get a little bit more formal and start a more organized meeting, then you're going to have to make a decision uh, very early in the process. And the decision is this. Is it going to be uh, inside the fellowship or is it going to be outside of the particular fellowship that you belong to? Um, I'll, I'll deal with inside first and then and then go to the outside second. Uh, inside, the most important thing right from the very beginning on this is follow your fellowship's traditions. And I think some fellowships lend themselves to doing two-way prayer effectively. Some do not. Uh, and you're going to run into a problem with literature. Uh, in, in AA, for example, um, outside literature is, is approved. There's nothing against that. But in Al-Anon, for example, only Al-Anon literature is approved. So you need to, need to <clears throat> become familiar with the, the traditions of your fellowship and what the rules and regulations are for starting a meeting. And the last thing you want to do is be in violation of any of those uh, rules or regulations or even the guidelines that they give. Eh? Um, <clears throat> I went down when I, when I first started doing a meeting here in Austin and I visited with uh, um, the, he- the head of intergroup, AA intergroup, told him what I was interested in doing. And we spent about 45 minutes kind of going over uh, the way to do this thing successfully and stay within bounds. And uh, it was really, really helpful. <clears throat> if you have an in a group, I- I'd encourage you to do that uh, and, or check with some old timers. And uh, But the main thing is make sure you don't violate the traditions. Some of the things he told me were, uh, you know, to make it an, uh, an, uh, an official AA meeting, you want to be sure to read the AA preamble, um, so that it so that he said that's it's not necessary, absolutely, uh, but it really kind of sets the tone uh, for for what you're there to do, and limit active participation to alcoholics, even if it's an open meeting, other people are welcome, but active participation in the meeting should be limited to people who identify as alcoholics. And that was the problem when we abided by that. But then people started coming who were non-alcoholics and um, we decided to uh, make it more of an an open meet, an outside meeting and uh, did not do it as an AA meeting. Encouraged you to have an organizational meeting uh, uh, where you take minutes and you record in the, in the book how you're going to do this meeting. You have a vote on that so that it's run the way you want it to be run. All right. Um, Another thing is uh, that you identify AA and separate literature. Um, 
So uh, I remember when I came into the program back in Detroit many, many years ago, uh, there was a, a, a table which had group literature, and there was a ribbon that ran down the length of the table right in the middle. And on one side, they had AA-approved literature, the big book, the 12 and 12, uh, things of that nature, lots and lots of pamphlets over there on one side. But on the other side, our group had um, um, lots of spiritual literature that the group found very helpful. And, uh, and you're free in AA to, uh, to sell both groups of literature. <clears throat> doesn't just have to be conference approved, but it does have to be separated. Now, if you're starting an Al-Anon group, they have a requirement that only Al-Anon literature and or AA literature is, is displayed by the group. So that's going to put you in some difficulty because you're not going to be able to give out the, uh, some of the Oxford group pamphlets or, or how to get started with, uh, with doing the practice and promoting uh, um, other, other things of uh, early AA that um, uh, might, might get you into some, into some trouble there. So uh, um, I would encourage you, if you, got, if you got questions on this, if you want to get started with it, uh, please feel free to write me an email. You can contact me at twowayprayer at gmail.com. And I'll get back to you just as quickly as possible. So the, the method that I would recommend is just do it, keep it simple uh, and start it uh, as a home meeting in, in somebody's house uh, where you get the meeting place. And um, then, then you're free. You're not going to get into trouble. Uh, nobody's nobody's going to criticize you uh, for, for what you're attempting to do. So by far and away, it's the easiest way to get it going, it's not gonna, you're not gonna get it in, uh, you know, uh, in, in, in published in literature as a, as a meeting site. Um, but I don't know that you wanna do that. This, uh, if, if you do the AA route um, uh, or, the, or the regular 12-step meeting, then you do, but you're gonna, again, you're gonna have to be really, really careful. So here's some, I wanted to give you some uh, sense of, uh, how we conduct a meeting here in Austin. And I've shared this with uh, people around the country and some folks are, are using it, but you're perfectly free to, again, do this any way your group conscience decides. Um, but here's what we came up with. And this is available, again, if you'll go to the Two-Way Prayer website, go to the sharing dropdown, and um, it's a suggested uh, guide for uh, leading two-way prayer meeting. So uh, I'm going to read a few things from it, uh, give you a sense of it, and make make a few comments uh, as we go. So leader leader starts off. Uh, welcome to the such and such group uh, of two-way two-way prayer. Uh, again, if you're doing it as an AA group, uh, the restriction the only restriction is don't name it after an individual. Uh, I learned that. Uh, I guess I should have known it. But uh, a group cannot be named after an individual. Um, so uh, think, think of some other name or some meeting site or, or something like that. So welcome to the two-way prayer group. My name is so-and-so, and I'll be your leader for this tonight's meeting. Let's open our meeting with a moment of silence, followed by the serenity prayer. 
then we read the serenity prayer in our group conscience was then to read the second half of the prayer. So the leader then says, the second half of that prayer reads, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as the pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did the sinful world as it is, not as we would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if we surrender to your will. So we will be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Then uh, encourage you to either read an AA uh, preamble or your 12-step preamble. If you, Again, if you go in as a 12-step group, uh, we, we devised one. It's a variation of one that was used by All Addicts Anonymous, uh, started by uh, Tom Powers in New York. And Bill Wilson was his sponsor. And, and All Addicts Anonymous wanted to um, uh, deal with many, uh, many addictions. Uh, their belief was that uh, most, out, most people ha have several addictions going. And uh, so we found it helpful uh, to use this. And here, here's what we came up with. Uh, our two-way prayer group is a fellowship of men and women open to any and all who struggle with addiction. Our addictions include alcohol, drugs, nicotine, food, sex and relationships, gambling, shopping, worrying, work, and lying, to list but a few. We attempt to follow the original program of Alcoholics Anonymous, including the four absolutes of the Oxford group that were later formulated into the 12-step program. And then we have a, a person read this about the, about the, uh, the four absolutes. My name is so-and-so. These are the four absolutes that form the moral and ethical code that Bill Wilson formulated into the 12 steps and that Dr. Bob said he continues working throughout his life. Um, absolute honesty. No lying, no cheating, no stealing. In a word, in all your affairs, simply and absolutely no falsehood. Absolute purity purity of mind, purity of body, purity of the emotions, purity of heart, sexual purity, absolute unselfishness, seeking what is right and true ahead of what I want in every situation, absolute love, loving God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, loving your neighbor as yourself. The absolutes are not claims of attainment, but goals toward which we strive for living a new life free from addiction. When practiced, they become powerful transformers of our conduct, our character, and our consciousness. And then uh, what we decided for our group is that um, we were going to really remain focused on the last three steps. So our group is committed to helping members find, we read this, a deeper and more personal experience of God through an enhanced practice of the last three steps. And then someone would read this. My name is so-and-so. These are the last three steps. And uh, those are straight out of your 12-step fellowship, whichever one it may be. Um, then we ask if there are any newcomers to the meeting, and we de developed a, a newcomer's welcome. Again, this is uh, in the drop-down if you, if you want to get a copy of it. And it goes like this. Uh, if you are a newcomer to our group, we welcome you with open arms. Please take a newcomer's packet as our gift to you 
It contains the information needed to help you begin listening for the still small voice that is within each of us. If you come as a skeptic, please know that many of us also shared your honest doubts. But we have found that a willingness to live by the four standards of honesty, purity, unselfishness, and love, along with sincere effort to practice quiet time and two-way prayer, has led us into a new and often transforming relationship with our Creator. Um, The God of our understanding has become the God of our experience. The Creator, who once seemed distant and detached, has become our closest friend and guide. We hope it may be so for you as well. So then uh, we do the seventh tradition. Um, We announce the meeting lasts for an hour, uh, that the sharing that we do is confidential. And then we have two rounds. Uh, In the opening round, and we, we, we say this right up front so that nobody gets angry about it, the opening round is limited to people who brought their two-way prayer journals and are willing to share from their writings from from uh, the, the past week. So uh, if someone didn't bring a journal, <clears throat> didn't do their writings, uh, we ask them not to participate in that first round. So, and then we say, while one member is sharing, we invite all to write down any thoughts or guidance you may receive while listening to that person's share. We have found that one person's guidance may hold important meaning for others as well. And it's absolutely true. Somebody is is doing uh, their reading of, of what they heard, uh, let's say, sometime during that past week. And boy, it's speaking right to, to me and to other people in the group. And then so while they are sharing... <clears throat> We then write down two or three or four things that that jump out to me, that are meaningful to me. We're not there to analyze the other person or his or her writing. We are there to say what this did for me and why it was important. So once that individual has shared, we then do a second round where we go around the group and each person in the group shares uh, what it is that they wrote down, why it was important for them. And everybody's welcome to join in that round, whether they brought their journal or not. But we do ask people to keep it focused uh, on how it relates to them, to themselves, and not to be analyzing the person, trying to figure out uh, um, or sort through their writings. It's, it's what this meant to me. Um, And then uh, finally, we do allow crosstalk in our meetings, um, and we we find that that, that's, uh, we're small, we're usually about 7, 10 is about our max. If we get consistently over 10, we're going to break down into two groups, but that hasn't hasn't been a problem uh, so far. Uh, There is a dropout rate with this thing, Um, unlike most groups where, 12-step groups where people come and they bring their problems or they bring their opinions. Uh, here, if you don't bring your writings, if you haven't done the work, uh, you're probably going to drop out. So this thing, the practice does take some discipline um, and uh, has a way of sorting it out. People come for different reasons, and uh, the ones who are serious stay with it. 
they really undergo some tremendous, tremendous change as a result of the process. Uh, so we, we try to keep our meetings to about an hour, maybe an hour 15. We, we did a group conscience on that. When our group was getting larger, we couldn't get it done in an hour. So uh, hour 15, uh, we thought was was pretty good. It's up to the, um, the leader to um, keep the group moving. Uh, you, could, you could spend a half hour on one person. And so it's, it's, the, it's the role of the, of the leader. If you've got six or seven people, you're going to have to move fairly fast. And uh, perhaps you ask people not to uh, list four or five things, but maybe one or two of the key things that uh, stuck, out, stuck out to you. And uh, you want to make sure you get around the full group. Everybody should get an opportunity to share. And, um, and then at the end of the meeting, uh, we, do, we do any announcements. Um, we, we encourage people to stay after the meeting if they have questions. And uh, then we stand and close with the Lord's Prayer. So um, maybe sometime uh, I've, I've talked to the group and, and some of the folks were, were willing to have a have it uh, recorded and uh, we, we might do that uh, maybe in our, in our next season so that you get a get a real feel for how this uh, this process works um, we've been doing groups here in Austin for uh, several years now and there, there are three or four around the country we had started a another group called friends of dr. Bob we have a website there but it's pretty much defunct and the idea was uh, to, to start groups and help people start groups. Uh, but we decided, uh, you know, we're promoting two different things there and it was getting a little bit confusing. So we've let Dr. Bob go, God bless him. And, and we're trying, we moved a lot of that material that was on that website over to our two-way prayer website so that people could just go to one website, get all the information that they, um, that they needed. So, Anyway, I hope this has been uh, helpful uh, for you if you if you um, are doing the practice and, and if God is leading you in the direction of starting a meeting, uh, might be some information that'd be helpful for you here. And again, I am uh, always happy to respond to people by email and uh, you can get in, get in touch with me and then uh, send me your phone number and we can we can discuss it. But uh, getting this material out to People in 12-step recovery is what I am about. And uh, I'm just real clear from doing my guidance for many, many years that that's where the direction that God was leading me. And uh, so uh, I, I hope it's been helpful. Again, let, let me know if uh, these episodes are, are doing you any good. Love to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening. God bless and keep coming back.